Okay. Yay. We're back. That's Hello, everybody. Uh, who is going to come over and join us, hopefully? So what did you think? What, what did you? Oh, hang on. Yeah. Let's make sure this isn't on. Jody Bell. Hi. Hi, everybody. So this is the part where we get to talk about that. What did you think? I think half of what he said was bullshit. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I think it was it was interesting. You kept bringing it back to pushing a little harder to get more of the sequencing of why and what was happening. I tried. With the reach you guys. offset. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get him in the weeds. Right. I think you did a good job. When he was when you were asking though about um, did that improve the flexion and he was saying no, not or improve the elevation and getting lined up longitudinally and he was kind of pushing back saying no. He'd already done it. I he'd already done it. And he I, I do think that takes it to the next level, which he did say it all in everything improves everything else but i thought that was interesting and then when he when you backed him up i was gonna add but i wanted to let him talk otherwise he'd get mad at me <laughs> and then so you're starting a cult so it could be bad i'm not i'm not oh you're not unless they call on oh, me I'm no, sure I, brought, I brought i brought my gear in case but no he said backing the the circle backing and art getting that real consistent and good but i was thinking in terms of getting them lined up and using their hind quarters even backing it up as far as getting them to come under that flag rather than having their nose oh, out yeah. in a in a four quarter yield um you know, your, right right there is where you need to to start it out put your mind on the hind leg yeah put your that is the secret that's the secret he doesn't want people to be using the offset i bet you Yes. To to fix it. However, you guys, serious. You would be way out of, out yeah, of whack of to, to try to get it to happen it's, without the preparation. Well, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Which is what he was saying. Yeah. It's just, I just thought for those of you guys that are, you know, way farther along for him to talk about how he, he it was like he, it was like um, juggling. You know, he would toss the front end up in the air, and then because of its trajectory, and because there was a bend in the hind legs, it would all land in sequence. It was so freaking cool. It was so freaking cool. Yeah. So, um, who is asking? Name a horse for an edit, please. Help me. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, you guys. Debbie, Sam. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Fall in love with horses. I'm not. I'm not sure what you what you mean. I would be happy to do it um, once I can figure out what you're saying. So, what else, you guys? What did you think? And we can ask some more questions of uh, of Buck. You know, today and a little bit later. I think it's so interesting that it's such a simple, simple response. The rain has to get to the feet. And we have to think about that for those of you guys that have ridden with me this year. And like, what do we talk about? The one rain stop, like that's where it all begins. That's where your leg yield gets fixed. He was talking about the fourth method of yielding the hindquarters. That's what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Just so you guys know. 
um, where you just use rein only and it starts to connect to the hind leg. So that's, of course, we want, we don't want the head disconnected from the neck laterally. That makes, everybody kind of knows that because that rubber necking thing is, is a terrible deal, right? But if you think about it back to the vertical flexion problem, <laughs> it looks crappy and it feels bad if the head is disconnected from the hind leg. Mm. But if you watch Buck, or hopefully what we're trying to feel for, even if the horse gets behind the vertical, not letting go until the message goes to the hind leg and it bends the hocks. And if that is not apt to work, then you better go back and check that one rein at a time gets to the hind leg. Yeah. And, and that's where... Let's see. Great show. Okay, help. Any type of horse that has a video? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not quite following. Let's get a few comments. But... Any horses are good. Go to go to. For a video, like breed for a video, please. Type any. Any. We love horses. We don't care about the breed. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you guys have other other thoughts or questions? So you love the show. What was your favorite part about that? I love how, to me, thinking about the hind leg and then reminding us not to compare ourselves to other people. And to hang in there, mm -hmm. you know. That that can be difficult, like I, I mentioned, but if you get some good information, which there is good information out there, um, Buck Channel being very much a top of the notch or top notch resource, and you know, formats like this being able to chat with Buck on in this scenario to hear, you know, or going to a clinic. I, I mean, if you used the example before, I was riding this horse uh, named Bingo out when I, mean, I lived out east and trying to get him to kind of pop loose in the back up because he was just sticky. Buck had me back like halfway across the arena just holding and it felt horrible. And I told Buck afterward, I said, there's no way I would have known to hang in that long. And sure enough, that really was the ticket. And you know, I've been able to apply that so many times over the years to other horses. But until... <laughs> having him say, hang in there, hang in there. Um, you know, and that's what it was this last weekend when I was helping this gal. You know, numerous people are like, there's no way I would have hung in that long. But to me, it was obvious. You know, just wait, just wait. But again, because I've heard and seen that from Buck Brandman. So there's, there's good information out there. Um, and you can learn to... You can find the information to, to give you more confidence to hang in there and be more sure that it's going to come through. Yeah, and you know another thing that like when we were talking about the self-doubt component, because uh, that's a little bit what it does come down to is how confident are we in ourselves? Which a lot of us are, I'm, you know, there's, there's plenty of times when I have lots of self-doubt about everything, right? Um, so I'm, I'm not saying, you know, we just have to have more confidence, 
but it's handy to know that that's part of it, right? It's not, do I have exactly the right answers? It's like, am I making the right decisions as we're, we're going along? And so to just realize that that's part of the process. You're not doing anything wrong. If it's not working out perfectly or your timing isn't exactly right yet or you know whatever the deal is but acknowledging that that is the core problem is sitting up there and sorting out is it because i honestly don't know the right the answer which is what i was trying to say when i said you know there are times when i'm asking about okay so this is what's happening I, I realize I have this choice or this choice or this choice. Usually it's just to, you know, come to a crossroads. Do you think I should do this or this? And so that's very normal. It's normal for me, you know, and, and sometimes now I can just try one, one or the other, but both will lead you down different paths, right? So you have to think through that process. So remember that that's part of it is the starting the ability to think through the process and the, the other thing is just to be aware that there are so much, many emotional machinations within us in regards to us being good enough people good enough god knows right mm -hmm. i feel you having a comment no i that's a very real <laughs> extremely real component of it um that takes a lot of self-searching and you know it's not just being confident in the list in the process in the curriculum but in yourself to just persist even if you are unsure that's which is challenging because because depending on how we feel about ourselves and we put so much time and effort into the horses, you know, then if we feel on a day like we're failing, but it's just important to, to me to know that there, those are two separate things within us. Do I honestly not have the, the right develop horse development answer, which is totally normal too. The, mm -hmm. the, you know, we don't exactly know hundred percent what to do all the time. Or that's why all you guys that are, well, Michael's, he'll, he'll end up getting a horse, but you know, that's why we all ride with Buck, right? All the time, even if we're professionals, because, because he, he will have input as to those, those, um, questions, those crossroads. So is it a horse develop, like a technical question or that whole section of our feelings about ourselves and how much time and effort we put into it or are we just feeling like a bad person that day or emotionally wrought from from they are two separate things and i think that's really handy to know and the one it I mean, is doing your own work there's kind of nothing buck Brandman or anyone else can do for you in in terms of the emotional component within yourself um and that it is i think that's an interesting you brought it up that is a very very big factor for a lot of people i mean myself included i don't know 
feel like you're talking to me when you say it. <laughs> I'm talking to me too. Yeah. Just, we just... What's interesting though, what's helped me and what I think is, is very, um, I think more natural to you just in the way you approach it is being comfortable with the process and um, kind of enjoying the fact that the horse is searching and looking rather than, you know, being so focused on a result. Like the, the result to you is the searching. The result to you is oh, watching them, which interesting, the gal in, in my clinic this last weekend, the gal that was just blown away that waiting that long for that horse's hind leg to come through, at the end of the clinic, her comment was, this is just freaking fun and cool to watch the horse think, thinking through it. Because I mean, in her mind, and she's, she was just, that's why she was there, it just didn't feel right to her. She wasn't enjoying anymore the fact oh, that yay. everything was making the horse, you're doing it wrong, you know, why bother? pressure. <laughs> and I, I think just being able to go, the fun part is, and the exciting part is, and the joy of the journey is, the horse searching and kind of setting up the puzzle and letting it be messy in the process. Um, I, I think that gives you a little bit more room to not be emotional and frustrated with yourself or, um, or to, if to, you to, are... trust, to trust the process even if you don't feel like you can certainly trust the process. Yeah, that's that's freaking hard because because trust the process even if you can't trust yourself. Trust the horse to figure something out. Like Buck was saying, the horse, kind, the horse kind of finding it <laughs> and making you feel good, but the horse is kind of doing it for you. I mean, that that's a reality. I mean, they are more often than we realize trying to figure it out and come upon it in spite of us. Yeah, they saying? fill in so the yeah. reality is they fill in so much for us, of course. That's that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, I guess the other thing and you, you know, this is something we've talked about for years is naming the emotional component. Like being like I feel frustrated today or I feel sad or I feel whatever. Just just acknowledging that you're having those those feelings is handy to separate that from what are this is really important honestly because mm -hmm there's a lot of times that we get emotional, like even just thinking about, you know, waiting for the hind leg to yield in the fourth method of yielding the hindquarters. While the horse is kind of shuffling around, shuffling around, shuffling around, you could be sitting up there being like, I'm so worried this isn't gonna work. I'm so worried I'm wrong, but okay, acknowledge all that as yeah. you're sitting up there and hopefully your coach is like, oh, you're all right, you're fine. You're doing the right thing. You guys know, that's what I say. You're doing exactly right, just wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I was going to add to that. Shit. Yeah. Sorry. Shit. You talked for too long and I lost my thought. Why do I do that? Well, you need to interrupt me because usually I'm going to remember. So I watched this movie on the way out here. This, this is kind of embarrassing. Watched the whole movie. Didn't, didn't ever think. 
I think I've seen this before. Maybe I've seen this. <laughs> I know. At the end of the movie, Emily's like, yeah, we definitely saw that movie before. But I think she's wrong. I honestly do think she watched it without me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But she watches, she doesn't watch movies that often. So she assumed we watched it together. So that's how good my memory is. Uh, there are times when it's like, this is not ringing a bell. So Emily, Rope Halter is Emily, right? Pretty sure? Yes, I think so. Yes. So she is asking, she has a friend who rides dressage, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a dressage horse too, but there's a lot of times I will ride him. I have several dressage horses and I will ride them in my weight saddle. Um, definitely on a loose rein and with a super loose leg. But she's, she, I think what you're asking is a dressage rider typically, the, the way that they feel on the horse, the way they wrap around the horse in a dressage saddle is different. I mean, it, there is just a big difference. I, because I ride in a dressage saddle as well. And. Go ahead. I won't forget this time. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Better say it. Just say it. We better not Well, it's it. interesting. I've, I've noticed folks that have been trained and ridden primarily dressage, how much the seat connection, if, they're, if they've done so with quality, the seat connection is there to the point where their feet are basically floating. And I noticed when you were riding, your, your feet float to a degree more than more than I do, more than a lot of other riders I've seen. It just dawned on me while we were talking about dressage and seat. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It, and yet, and yet uh, the thing is, you do have a lot more contact. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's very important. This is, this is Emily, these are just my thoughts, and, and you, you can ask more questions about it um, to clarify what, what you're actually asking. But the horse is definitely going to need to learn to calibrate the amount of contact that my leg has, particularly my upper leg and, you know, around my knee has to their body compared to when I'm sitting in a weight saddle, and I mean a Western saddle, you know, that the, the width of the seat is quite a bit larger. So, so the way that your legs hang is different. And so to me, that's just a calibration. And we've heard a lot of great English riders say that the horse needs to learn to accept the leg. And it's the same thing in my mind as accepting the saddle. Like if you put a 35 pound weighed saddle around the horse with a back cinch and, you know, Monel stirrups on it. And, um, this is going to be a much more of a heavy feeling to the horse than a lightweight dressage saddle. Um, a lot more contact and more areas. In different, and, right? Yeah. So, exactly. So they just learn to calibrate. Okay, that means nothing. So a dressage rider uh, or a jumping rider, I mean, it's the same deal, is that when the horse, when a, you just have to have a neutral. <laughs> you just have to have a neutral. So I have, like I said, a lot of dressage riders that I really respect. You don't want to be trying to hold your legs off the horse or sit on your, um, you know, sit on your pelvis to the point where your feet are, you know, you're holding your legs off the horse because they're going to react. You know, the horse needs to learn to accept your body wrapping around the horse. 
She also mentioned something about, and then that's your neutral. I guess this is my point, right? And with my horses, because I'm very short, I'm just under 5'2", and so um, when I put my little English spur on, you know, there are times when even the horse has to get used to that touching them more often than when I'm riding in a weight saddle, which point it's, it's far. Like, unless I'm gonna really use it, even though I have short legs, right? But when I'm riding my big warm blood, or even Zorro, you know, my Andalusian, there are times when it's it's just closer. There's, there's just the reality of the dynamics. Buck said geometry today, that was so that was fun. Cool. Oh my gosh, that was my favorite part of the whole, the whole show. <laughs> but when it comes to a seat too, Again, I don't know. I think that's a little bit personal preference. A heavy seat. I don't know. I think a lot of that comes down to consistency. A firm seat. Yeah, a firm Lord. seat. Yeah. I'm wondering if the the reference is once again to finding a neutral contact that you can be consistent with, right? Because you can't be so loose or perched in your saddle. If you're gonna if you're gonna be in a two-point position, you know, then you absolutely are gonna have contact. And in particular, you know, as you're bending and um people you wanna like rise and fall um with with your knees very still. So you have to have some more contact than if you have a super wide fender on your western saddle, right? And, um, and a Monel stirrup, then this is a completely different way of balancing on the horse. So I think that the neutral seat needs to be consistent. That's the most important thing. And if you're perchy or trying to like hold yourself off of your horse, um, you better be pretty stable. Otherwise that neutral will not be consistent. I don't know, Does, is that helpful at all? <laughs> What did Nicole? What did Nicole say? Nicole I didn't said, ask him about pawing. Any thoughts on helping a young horse that paws a lot, mm -hmm. other than just time on the high line? I did mention that before we started, but he. But then we zoomed on to then. Then I asked it because I asked both of those yeah, questions. The, way, the and, way you asked it of him, the once the show started was a little different. So sorry, we didn't get a full answer on that. Well, we did before the show. What did so, he say before the show? Um, before the show, well, Nicole heard there was a lot of questions. He said, "No, that was not in regards to the horse pawing on the high line." Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. No, Nicole, that was about using the backup to get the horse to stand still. Oh, how old is the horse? That was in how regards old? to the backup. <laughs> Those in regards to the pawing, like how much have you ridden the horse? How, when was the last time you rode the horse? How settled is the horse before you tie him up? Oh. That's what he was saying before, like when you initially asked, before we even called Nicole. Okay, he thank God Michael lot, was here. He said he had a lot more questions, Nicole, to really even know how to answer that or things he would have you consider, you know, prior to tying them up, um, which, you know, Many of them you probably already are considering um, and still have the question because I, I can identify with that. You know, I've ridden this horse, the horse seems very settled, still tie, tie him up and there's still this distraction on the high line or on the tie to the wall, whatever, um, when you feel like the horse has been prepared. But 
that's where Buck was, I think, going with it when we asked the question is, you know, how prepared are they mentally when you tie them up to be able to stand? Um, which is maybe not a answer that's entirely satisfying. I get that a lot when I ask <laughs> the question about but, Well, yeah. You know. I was I gonna know. say I'll try to I'll I'll try to work on that answer just a little bit more too because I would be curious whether you know you ride ride through on a horse and yield the hindquarters yield the hindquarters yield the hindquarters until the horse you know starts to stand still or um, yeah I you was ride by the horse that's on the high line yeah mm-hmm. which in I don't know if this would be Buck's answer I probably wouldn't but uh, these the couple of Hanoverians I had that were they were going to be a real tough one to get to tie to the wall or even the high line. They were going to be very emotional. If you remember my talking about when I first brought him in, like it would have been so much more difficult to get them with me with the distraction of their buddy not being at all there. So I'd bring them both in and work them and, you know, did that for like a week before I brought them in alone and left their, their buddy outside. Um, you know, it could just kind of sped the process along and, and minimize the emotion while I got a little bit more of a handle on it. Anyway, so I go to time up and I kind of just sat not too far from them. Did some texting, did whatever. I was just present, but I was, you know, across the arena a little ways. Because, you know, you, the horse is pawing, you go up to you it. You would whip dirt clods at them or something? No, I wouldn't even do that. But, like, the horse is pawing, they're all emotional. You go up, you're with them, they settle, right? And they stand. So I just kind of increased that distance over the course of a few days. Ride time up. They were about to get worried because I was going to leave them alone. And I just went, you know, 30 feet away and sat down on the mounting block and was texting and catching up on some stuff on my phone and that distance increased but the horse felt the support of my being at least in the vicinity and at least with the two of them it really it really I feel like spread the process or sped the process along rather than just saying sorry sucka deal with it I'm gonna go ride my next horse in which case they probably would have been just been pawing for a while so I don't know that's something I've I've done just with these last couple horses that seem to to work well. I doubt that'd be Buck's answer, but I wonder the other thing. There's probably a ton of different ways to approach it. The other yeah. thing, you know, make sure that they've had a ton of cardio or a ton yeah. of exercise before, and you know what I'm, we're talking about with that, and then just have it hopefully be where they're like, oh, thank God. That's an in, that I should have asked the Buck, because I've heard him mention when he was starting colts and they were all in the pen together and do we got to get going too pretty soon yeah all right yeah you know he'd, he'd get a new horse in and he'd work that horse mm-hmm. till it was pretty ready to stand there and then he'd put it out with the group and there wouldn't be any drama because everybody was kind of like oh mm-hmm. we get to stand around it's interesting when you're riding one to balance that you know we want to get good cardio we want to have them going i'm just Feeling good. I mean, feeling they good, feel good. And yet... Not use them up. Not use them up and have them, you know, start to want to quit on you because you've, you've pushed too hard, too much, too early. And there is a balance there. 
Anyway, should we see if there's another comment before yeah, we... Yeah, there might be, but otherwise we, we have to go with... Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Wow, okay. Madeline said, how do you help a horse that has learned a habit of doing an offset movement when someone has asked for... A 4 4 yield or go. For life in the front feet when bringing the front end through. Yeah. Or, or just a, a spin, even if it's not an offset, just a, mm -hmm. a real rushed kind of frantic spin bigger than the best but we can answer it too though yeah go ahead so uh, i always think about my um my basically my belly button being a very important guide to the horse as to the trajectory of their front quarters because as the horse is doing a flat four quarter yield um or turn around some of you guys might know about that turn around or as you say a rainer a rainer spin the plane of travel is flat right versus an offset as they're trying to leap across is up and over so if i'm very clear sitting up there the plane of travel is essentially horizontal to the ground pretty much mm -hmm. then well with a with an angle up but not a leap to the angle Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of the yeah. engagement and collection. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, d depending on the engagement or collection, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if they're, basically, this is the thing. Remember that the, the rectangle goes up and down in the front. So the horse could come in, be coming up and out of the rectangle as well, which is what they're doing if they're doing an offset instead of a flat turnaround. And <clears throat> so it's just a variation on rearing. Really, I mean, in the sense of the horse leaving the rectangle. So I feel like if I'm very clear about where I want the horses, the, you know, the front half of the horse, let's say, in, in, in relationship to the ground, then I can basically block them from getting up too, too high. And then also, if they are truly in time with your body, um, then they will not do an offset because an offset has to be a bit, um, th just the rhythm is just a tiny bit different. It's a canter rhythm. So it's mm -hmm. essentially three beats rather than, um, four or, you know, two, depending on how fast you're going. The other thing I'd add, if you're having that kind of tendency to, to rush through or leap through, is to like Buck was saying, make sure you can back a real smooth circle and then, you know, step behind and then come over the cross over the top and back up again. Just get a real consistent That's what horse I to where they're really feeling of you and not just going. I know what you're asking and throwing this in there. Yeah, and and it's exactly what I was saying in terms of being in rhythm and you can you can get that connected in the back of, uh backing a circle so if they're neither rushing nor sticky which typically they're sticky but sometimes they're escaping backwards as well but once they're really really in rhythm then you should be able to either dictate whether that rhythm stays exactly the same or you can add a tiny bit of an offset feel if they're hooked on i mean that's that's essentially what we're saying right um, hopefully that helps. Uh, let's see. 
Val said, self-doubt, we need to give ourselves permission to make mistakes. Exactly. Absolutely. That's why I dislike the perfect practice component so much. Joanne said, Buck talking about boozy in regard to the vertical flexion and how you need to get the withers. Breaking, you know, yeah. breaking at so, the withers. You guys yeah. think about rules. That was a fantastic little You're welcome. thing to talk about. You're welcome, yeah. you guys. Well, we had a whole rant. Yeah, you, we had two shows ranting. Because you remember when I first put the boozy, or the, the beef yeah. reel, you guys, when I first published that beef reel? People were but, being such turds about that. I was thinking, but better. specifically how he talked about the geometry was was pretty cool. We got buck in the weeds, basically, as well. Yeah, you're so welcome. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Madeline said, "So horses go to jumping through instead of stepping through." Yeah. So I again, think, we think of it the that. plane of travel, right? Because if they're jumping, they're leaping up, and if they're if they're traveling flat, that's important, and and the rectangle. If they're hooked on, they should also be hooked on to the height of the rectangle. Yeah. And Joanne, it looks like, is wondering if we could talk more about the boozy and the angles, which we might not have time for today. No, not today. We're going to have to go. But we come back to Can that. you please remind us for next week? Yeah. And then Jean said, life in the horse, lightness of aid, punctuality, and not troubled. Is that the same for rider too? I would say absolutely. I love Jean. And that might be all of our questions. There's Mary. I hope we did a good job. Good morning, Mary. We try our best. I didn't see. Did you join while we were You'll have to go back to the Buck Channel and look. Hopefully you got it. Yeah. We tried to do a good job. Nicole said, nope, two separate things. Two questions. See. Hopefully I relayed what Buck was saying. Um, I was sitting on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was distracted. <laughs> um, okay, I didn't realize he was asking about that. The pawing horse relates more to the impatience than the trouble. I don't know if that yeah. was true or not. What? Am I relaying what Buck said? Well, I just don't know whether his questions to you were about the tying or the backing. I feel like they were about the backing, but... His question? Oh. What uh, is it? Yeah. Um, Maddie said, I knew it would come to backing circles. Of course, very, right? Very stiff, big horse. And thank you. Perfect. We're awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Whatever. We try. And then Emily says, dressage question again. Thoughts on why the culture difference on waiting so long to introduce the backup? That might be conversation for next time yeah, unless you have a quick I answer don't, i don't know if if somebody knows i would sure love to hear it because i have been around the dressage folks and some amazing people for a long time and i i the people that i respect totally believe in the backup so i don't know i i, I don't know i don't know why you would not want to have mobilization backwards the the reason I've heard from a few folks, you know, not, you know, folks that are super advanced, but the way it's been explained to them that they re, re, have relayed to me is they don't want to stop and have the pattern of the horse backing up because then you do your test and the horse backs up. I mean, this anyway, is <laughs> that's the answer I've gotten from, from people. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, I, that's... and that, is a, that is a question, by yeah. the way, because you're supposed to be walking forwards into your square hall. And I am currently precisely. There are two different things, though. Yes. You do have to put both on the menu. Yes. And you have to be able to Correct. say, don't assume one versus the other. Thank but you. that can be done. But I think that might be the reason. I don't know. I don't have as I much experience. I would never give up a backup. Yeah. Like, and I would never give up a backing circle. Yeah. Not ever. Yeah, it's just the gold. It is. The it's the most. Im- it's the- and then Emily said, I like picking your brain with the English background. Yeah, so. I love talking about it for sure. And that is all of our comments, folks. And okay. we have to get going. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks everybody so much. My phone is about to die for a little bit, and then uh, so we'll we'll plug it in. And that is our story. So we'll talk about it more next week. We will be uh, back again Thursday morning at six thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. And uh, thank you again to Buck Brannaman. You guys remember to join the Buck Channel at thebuckchannel.com. Um, and you can watch these back and then listen to them on the podcast, uh, on the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I hope that I will have the Buck Brannaman one available, uh, you know, maybe tomorrow if I can. I should be able, I think that they came through clear. So tomorrow or Saturday, um, we should be able to check that out. Disin dressage rider here yeah two different things why not have available i don't know yeah yeah why not have both i have i i cannot because there's so much value in the mobility of the hind legs and teaching the horse to bend the hawks that way i i don't i i, I don't know that's, that's very that's strange Saba. yeah Saba, we need to hang out more joanne thank you yeah you guys are amazing Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. And, uh, of course, remember, you can share the show. Don't forget about that. You can you can press the share button and share the show um, to your stories. And that would, would be nice. So we can have some. I more. should do that. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a good week going forward. Thank you, Michael Sparling, for getting up so freaking early this morning. Because usually he's central time. So he's like 8.30. This is sure. like two hours earlier. And... And you had to And drive. I was 45 minutes away, so I had to drive. I, I got up way earlier than I normally do. But I did make you whole foods for breakfast. Yeah. Is there any more? There I, might be more, and yeah. we probably have time to... I, I, I need more breakfast than you gave me. Well, we did get a little bit chopped off. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.